Reading, writing, and risk. What will back to school look like in New York City? I'm Jared Murphy from citylimits.org. And this is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. Jared, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, Ben? Uh, doing okay. Doing okay. I feel like um, there is about as much news as there can be and uh, ever will be. And uh, just trying to wade my way through it and figure it all out and uh, decide what we're covering at Gotham Gazette and how to do it. And it's just uh, really a remarkable amount going on uh, here in New York. Yeah, we used to, uh, you know, I, you are a few years younger than me and a few years newer to the business, although certainly an experienced veteran by now. But there was a kind of halcyon time when after July 4th, news really did seem to slow down and you could kind of, uh, you know, take take longer lunches and, and take yeah. off things for a bit and not miss very much. But that is certainly not the case these days, at least not in New York City. Yeah, I'm ho- I'm like eyeing August for maybe a little bit of a, a slowdown, but who knows? Yeah, I feel like there were a few summers like that several years ago, and we haven't really had one in the last few years. So I'm not counting on it this summer, but um, really just an incredible pace of things going on. And I'm excited because we have two different segments on today's show, but on two really important topics that have been in the news quite a bit. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to today's show in just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by uh, the president of the United Federation of Teachers, the UFT, uh, Michael Mulgrew. That's the teachers union here in New York City. And he'll join us to discuss the idea of reopening New York City schools in September. And the mayor made some big announcements about that today. So very much looking forward to that conversation. And then in just a little bit at 530, we'll be joined by Chief Jeffrey Madry, who is the new NYPD chief of the Community Affairs Bureau. So we'll get a chance to talk with him about police community relationships. Yeah. And as you mentioned, both topics very much in the news and, and really at the top of headlines, more so than we expected. We booked this show a couple of days ago, uh, Mayor de Blasio and Chancellor Carranza today announcing as much detail as anyone has yet announced about what the fall might look like for New York City's nearly one million public school children, a plan that is you know, very much still being formed uh, at the margins and, and the edges and, and probably the interior too. But the idea being that schools will not be at 100%, that there will be some in-person learning, maybe a couple days a week, um, and learning five days a week for all students. Parents can opt to go online only. Um, but that uh, we will have uh, a mix. Parents will will know that everyone who is a New York City school parent received a survey a few weeks back about what kind of approach you would like. Do you want to do one week on or one week off? Would you want to do only online? Would you like to have a few days here and there uh, and a few days not uh, in person to schools? And the option they appear to be leaning toward now at least is the having a few days uh, each week in school and a few days out. Uh, but obviously there is a lot more to be said about that plan and, and some to, something to be said from the man in Albany who has, you know, repeatedly <laughs> through this crisis uh, tapped the brakes or maybe slammed on the brakes when Mayor de Blasio says something. And Governor Cuomo, uh, even today, has been saying that the mayor might be moving prematurely to talk about the fall. Yeah, it was, you know, it was very interesting. I mean, it was another one of these. I don't even want to give it <laughs> too much uh, credence because we see way too much of this from these guys. But, you know, it was another instance where de Blasio made an announcement in the morning and then a hour, basically an hour later, the governor said, well, it's not exactly like that and put his 
um, you know, it flexed his muscles a little bit. I, I will say, though, it didn't seem like they were too out of step today. You know, I watched both press conferences. The mayor repeatedly said that they were working with the state and that they would, you know, get state approval and work with the state guidances. But he said, you know, we're starting to really release now the contours of a plan with the expectation and the goal that we're going to reopen our schools in September. And here's what it will look like, um, you know, in terms of the planning that we're doing. And he even stressed not only that they'd be working with the state, but also that there would, you know, could easily be adjustments based on whatever happens between now and then. And then, you know, Cuomo came in an hour later and said, OK, here's my timeline, which is the only timeline that really matters. And he said, you know, localities can start to submit plans or put plans out there. Sure. But the state is about to release reopening guidance of its own, which it hasn't done yet. It state's pretty late on that, I would say. And then school districts are supposed to report and submit plans to the state. And the state will decide whether schools are going to reopen, Cuomo said, in the first week of August. So we are still weeks away from the decision at the state level. The governor said it wouldn't be smart to make any final decisions right now about September, but that those will be coming in the first week of August. And they'll be based on the latest data, as well as the plans that school districts are supposed to submit to the state for approval. So, you know, de Blasio released the initial contours of a plan, definitely a lot more that needs to be fleshed out in that plan, even if it's tentative. And then the governor is still saying, of course, that the state will have final say in the next few weeks. Right. And I think that, you know, as you mentioned, this is kind of a pattern of the mayor saying something and the governor coming out and saying not yet uh, throughout this crisis. And of course, that kind of tit for tat has been going on through their entire uh, time uh, in office parallel to each other. I guess the solace that people could take if they want to kind of grab onto something is that in many cases, the governor has ultimately come in and maybe not in so many words, essentially said something very similar to what the mayor said. That's not been true in every case, but certainly in a few that has been the kind of pattern that the governor says, hold on a second, I got to weigh in on this. And when he does, essentially he and the mayor end up in the same place, which is which right. is good. It indicates that you know there's some some continuity in the plans and some consensus. I think what's interesting is that obviously a lot of the reason why so much needs to be fleshed out in the New York City plan as announced today by Mayor de Blasio is that much of it will come down to individual schools figuring out how this works. You know, there are obviously some classrooms that are already very small because they are perhaps special education and self-contained, um, figuring out how this is going to work for parents, parents trying to figure out how their lives will work around this. That is going to take some time to set up and so you can understand de Blasio maybe wanting to kind of get in uh, on this and, and sure. appear to have control of the situation uh, over the governor. Obviously, there is some some ego war going on there. But also, I think there's a practical reason to begin talking about this sooner rather than later, which is that it's a very complex thing to implement and uh, a lot of moving parts. And so, you know, even though it is only today, July 8th, um, and, and this is bad news for school children who hopefully are enjoying some semblance of the summer. Uh, it won't be too long before it starts to feel pretty late in the summer and, and this stuff has to be put in place. Indeed. And we're going to be joined momentarily by the president of the New York City Teachers Union, the United Federation of Teachers, Michael Mulgrew. Um, but I just want to quickly say for listeners, you know, we'll obviously get into a lot of the details of, of what the mayor and school's chancellor announced today and some of the big question marks. Um, but, you know, just to set up the conversation for a quick sec, you know, the things that the mayor released today, you know, it's it's not no school, which is obviously the most daunting situation for families and parents. Um, but 
it is really a complicated mix of um, measures that is pretty daunting. And as you said, so much of the decisions will be made at the school level. And that's where the mayor said, you know, principals and teachers are so important in developing these plans and will be. But, you know, this idea that students will be in school at most three days a week, boy, is that tricky. Uh, and the idea that they will use this blended learning model of in-person or remote learning. Um, and there's just so many more details to it, whether it's about, you know, public health precautions at the schools or how, you know, curriculum and teaching will actually work, especially when students are not in the school buildings. This is, uh, this is really tough, complicated stuff. And, uh, and I don't envy the folks that really have to figure it out. And so without further ado, let's move into our first guest, uh, keeping in mind that at 530 we'll be joined by one of the leaders of the NYPD who is tasked with building police community relations. That's Chief Jeffrey Madry. But right now we're going to turn to our conversation with the president of the United Federation of Teachers, the New York City Teachers Union, and that is Michael Mulgrew. Mr. Mulgrew, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I hope you're well. Same to you. Same to you. It's been a, a trying time. Yeah. Yes, but, but thanks for being on. And, and uh, Michael, we want to certainly talk about the announcement today. That's obviously the big news. But to get a sense of sort of where you're coming at this conversation from, let's look back at the spring the decision to close schools, when it happened, how it happened. There's been a lot of information recently about, you know, what kind of a transmission risk children face and what kind of risk they pose. American Academy of Pediatrics saying that, you know, kids really need in-person school. With all that in your in your mind, how do you think the city and the state did handling schools uh, and the decision to close schools in March, was it on the mark? Was it far off the mark? What's your current take on that? Well, no, we had. I'm on the record as to you know, even in my conversations and communications with the teachers around the city, we were trying to get schools closed for well over a week before they were closed, and then finally we went public, and it got messy because we were out there basically having a big fight with the mayor at that point. Um, there was so much unknown about this virus uh, and the whole idea of trying to we at that moment, we were getting positive test results and the safety procedures that were supposed to kick in were not kicking in. So then it was there was a lot of fear already throughout all communities. And then schools were re- coming back with positive test results and the department and the basically the Department of Health of New York City was not kicking in the safety guidelines and not closing the schools. And at that point we were like, that's it. We're done. Mm. We're done. We can't, we can't, we can't work like this. This is, you don't know enough about this. And remember back then it was like, Oh, it's only going to affect, uh, it's like a little cold. It's not a big deal. And only a small number of people we greatly affected. Don't wear masks. Remember everything we were hearing. Yeah. All of it turned out not to be, uh, smart. Uh, but we, it was, uh, but I think New York has a different perspective on this than the rest of the country because of what we went through. Sadly, we went through it. But I, I think that's because of where we, who we are and we're just a natural transportation hub and we're the center of so many, you know, we have one of the largest tourist industries. I think we were going to get hit anyway. But New York looks at this differently and, um, you know, we learn less, we learn our lessons. We don't repeat mistakes. Uh, so, that's how I'm looking at that experience. It was not a good experience, but 
we look at this differently now than others. This is not a political issue for us. This is about a safety issue for us. And so talk about why the decision was made. Obviously, students were sent home from schools, and so this huge educational experiment began. I mean, we're talking about a huge system, obviously, lots of different students and schools and teachers. But overall, what was your impression of the distance learning experiment and how it did, given all the challenges it faced? How much progress did students make? Did they just tread water? Did they lose ground? What's your overall take on how that went? That that first three weeks, especially the first two weeks, was so tough. There was no plan in place. Remember, the mayor was fighting to keep the schools open. So there was no plan in place to switch to a remote learning system. So we had hundreds of thousands of students with no devices. We had thousands of teachers without devices. There had never been, you know, we had never done remote learning. We had done we had done some sort of virtual learning before, but remote learning, as we just have done over the past four and a half months, was a completely different animal that no one's ever done before. School, colleges would say, oh, we have online. That's not what this is. Engaging a seven-year-old uh, in terms of what their lesson should be for the day, getting them involved and engaged in school without being able to socialize, no one had ever tried anything like this. So the first two or three weeks were really, we was, it was hands all hands on deck, and we just spent every minute of the day trying to get teachers who had supports and uh, understood technology. We had them working with other groups of teachers who had no understanding of it whatsoever. We were working with the Department of Ed. With um, We do a lot of work with uh, Women in Need and Homeless Coalition in New York City. We made sure that those children were prioritized to get their devices first. It was uh, I, well, where we got to about a month and a half in, uh, I, I was really amazed at the job that uh, teachers and parents did together because then after the first couple of weeks, we spent weeks training parents because mm-hmm. if you have a five-year-old, I need someone in that household with the five-year-old to help me when I'm teaching them if I cannot be there. If you have a child who needs any sort of service like speech therapy or or occupational therapy, I need to teach you how to help your child do all this. We spent more time for for about a week and a half, we spent more time working with parents. So it was an amazing undertaking. It's not a substitute for in-person teaching at all, but uh, we learned a lot, and I know that we'll do a better job in September because what we had, uh, all of the things that we learned during that experience. But I really give the teachers and the parents all the credit for just, you know, hunkering down and figuring it out. Uh, so let's connect, a lot of let's work. connect two things you just said to the idea of opening up in, in September. Um, one, you, you know, you indicated around the closing decision that, you know, you're not going to make the same mistake twice. And so I wonder how, you know, what, uh, what happened around the closure in March is, you know, how that's impacting how you're thinking about the reopening and how good of a partner you feel like you have with the mayor's office and the Department of Education. Is that is that relationship extremely strained at this point because there was a lot of trust lost in March uh, or ha- how that's going? That's one. And then the second one I can repeat after. But, you know, the second one is you know, when this blending learn, blended learning model is being, you know, planned and proposed by the mayor and the chancellor as of this morning, um, is there really much hope for the idea of live instruction that happens 
with some kids in the building and some kids at home, you know, watching a video stream type of, of thing. So uh, on okay. the reopening and the learning of the lessons uh, and the relationship, go ahead. So uh, on the reopening right now, well, first, I, as I said, New York looks at this in a different way uh, in all of my conversations now with uh, elected officials. Safety is the priority at all times. And now let's follow the advice of, you know, infectious disease uh, experts, follow the advice, believe it or not, of building engineers. This is going to be a big deal. You'll be, you're going to start hearing more and more about uh, filters, which are the correct filters in all of the buildings, school buildings. But really, it's about every building in uh, the city. Uh, following all that advice and making that the priority of, in terms of how we make our decisions. Uh, yeah, no, it's strained with City Hall. There's no doubt about it. Um, and we've tried, um, but, but I try not to make it about, uh, the mayor. It's, you know, the school system is not the mayor's. It's, it's the community's. The school belongs to the community. Uh, it's not the mayor's school system. Uh, so, you know, as long as we, you know, we have checks and balances that the safety protocols are going to be followed, we, we should be all right. I'm always looking for opportunities to make the relationships better because I think that's my responsibility. Uh, so we'll continue to do that. Uh, the DOE, because we've been planning for three months. The UFT first was working with some people at the Department of Ed, but they really, it was clear that they hadn't been given the green light by City Hall to do it because um, mm -hmm. they couldn't finalize anything. So we then started working with uh, the principals union. So then we had groups of principals and teachers talking through this stuff. We started Real, you know, we had come to that we, we couldn't do much more than a blended model. That would be the best we're going to do if we're going to follow safety guidelines first and foremost. Um, so that's where it seems to have landed. Now, this is just the beginning. We still have a lot to do. I was listening to the two of you speak before I came on. You nailed it. This is highly complicated uh, stuff that has to be figured out. The coordination of all of these different new services and procedures is really tough stuff. When, so when it comes to the blended learning model, we've learned a lot about remote learning, but now it's, you know, we have to have in a school, whoever's doing the lot, the in-person instruction in the school and the remote instruction, they all have to be on the same page. So we have to have what's known as scope and pacing calendars for teachers to follow. And they have to stay on those that on this week, this is the major things we're covering that a lot of the in-person teachers covering Monday and Tuesday, these things and Thursday, uh, uh, Wednesday, Thursday or Friday, however it works out for the children. So we have to coordinate all those instructional focuses, which is quite tough. Um, at the same time, how do you then make the school system responsible for what is that testing regimen? Do we have the right contact traces if something, if God forbid we have a bad episode in the school? Uh, uh, mm -hmm. if, if a school all of a sudden, because, you know, right before we shut down, we heard, oh, all the cleaning supplies are at the schools. No, they weren't. <laughs> oh, they're doing a deep cleaning every night. No, you weren't. <laughs> you know, all of that was, it was just like political theater, like, oh, we did this, you know. But now we, we're in a position where we're saying, we're going to be in every school in the last week of August, first week of September, checking to make sure everything's in place. The DOE is working very closely with us and the principals union now and taking care of all those things. But it's not uh, it's a major undertaking. So I think I got the both of your questions. <laughs> yeah, I want to ask you more about that. Um, 
you know, whether you can stream live teaching, but in our limited time, I think we'll. Okay. Go ahead, Jared. So I'll do that fast for you. On the stream live teaching, it really depends on the age group. Uh, mm-hmm. What we learned about remote uh, live instruction, when you offer it to high school students, oh, I'm, let's do a live lesson today, uh, majority of them will not get on. I know that's shocking. High school teenagers, just give me the assignments. I'll handle them. I will, when you have, quote, office hours, virtual office hours, I'll touch base with you. A lot of the mm-hmm. high school students went to that. The amount of time you're putting early childhood uh, students on, in front of a screen, we got to be very careful about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very careful about that. So we'll have many more guidelines around. Yeah. So two two questions about timing. The first is what should this is obviously we're we're focused on after Labor Day, first day of school. What will that look like? What's September going to be like? What's October going to be like? But obviously the horizon is somewhat uncertain. What is your gut in terms of? And obviously this is just a, a, a guess, but in your thinking, do you think this is the setup that we're going to have? Until Thanksgiving, until New Year's, throughout the entirety of the next school year, what do you think the kind of um, longitudinal view of this is? You know, if New York remains on its current trajectory, we should be able to open up in fall, right, in this blended learning model. Uh, we Nobody knows the ramifications of so much of the country not following the guidelines that they should have been following. Uh, you know, like right now, we're like isolated. Um, many of my, you know, all the people, uh, I deal with in New York are like, we're not going anywhere. We're just staying here. That's it. We're not going anywhere. I don't know what the effects of that are going to be from the medical professionals who we are working with on a daily basis. Uh, um, the hospitals, they're gearing up there. Their belief is that New York will not get overrun as it did in, uh, Feb- in, um, April, May, uh, that, that was the, the worst of it. Uh, because we now have this, this a little bit more discipline in place, and we know we have to kick in. But they do believe that we're going to get another increase at a period of time because of all, what is happening in the rest of the country. And at right. that point, we have to be prepared to then shut down and go remote again, which I know we can do better now than we did last time uh, because we now have much more experience with it. But that's, you know, that's where the science is saying is saying at this moment. But. You know, at the beginning, you go back to the masks. Don't wear the mask. Now it's like the mask is sacred. <laughs> yes, right. And another question on timing, just, you know, obviously the mayor came out today with his most extensive comments to date. It did create a framework for what parents might expect, but obviously a lot does need to be filled in. The governor is saying it's premature to to discuss that level of detail. We have to wait for the state to make a determination. What do you think about the timing on this? Does it make sense for the mayor to be laying out what he's laying out now so that planning can begin at the school level? Is this too early? Who do you think, leaving aside the questions of who has the authority, uh, who do you think is right in terms of whether we should be having this conversation now or not? They're both wrong. We're late. Hmm. We're late. People don't understand that if we have a regular school opening, a regular school opening, no no coronavirus or anything. We start planning April first. This is huh. July, right? This is July. The schools, the schools of New York City haven't even received their budgets yet. We haven't. So, we don't even have a first run of uh, of a scheduling of students inside of a building, which we can then move to meet the needs of the building. Uh, I've told both of them. And I've been very loud at both of them. I've been writing op-eds for months, like, 
you're waiting too long. This is too, you're, we start in April. And parents should have been aware of this. My, my push at City Hall the last three months has been, we're planning anyway, whether with or without you, we're planning. So we started doing that work. I said, we need you to focus on the next crisis that we know is coming at New York City in September, which is the child care crisis. Because there's, there's no way we can be safe and bring every child in every day. So we know we have a child care crisis. The Department of Education can't do it. We were very happy to have those rec centers open from the minute we closed down all the way through this summer. And we had thousands of teachers volunteering to be there. But And that was dealing with the child care issues for this period of time. But come September, we have a major child care crisis headed at us. And City Hall has still not said a word about it. I'm, and to I'm the governor, sure. I say the same thing. I'm like, we... We appreciate the fact that the state is saying we need certain things in place, and I'm fine with that. But if you think we can wait until August for you guys to determine what needs to be in place and we're going to have school ready in September, then you're going to be putting a lot of children at risk. In, in your, I'm sure you have a list of, of perhaps dozens of details of things that still need to be mm-hmm. sort of nego- negotiated and worked out. But what's... What are some of the things towards the top of that list that you see as you're, you know, you're obviously representing your members when you're negotiating with the mayor about what a lot of this is going to look like? What are some of the top concerns for you and your membership in terms of, of you know, the details that you're most concerned with at this point? Uh, besides child care, which yeah, is not care, something I would negotiate with the member because that's also something that affects teachers as well as Sure. You know, just everybody in the city. Um, all of, we understand that everybody has to wear a mask, but what are the testing, uh, what testing regimen should we have in place? Contact tracing, I'm very concerned about. I know the city has hired all these contact tracers, but what's going to happen when people go back to school and we get a positive test in order for us to protect that school community? That's a big deal for us. Um, um, working conditions, stuff of that nature. What we did for the last four months is we put, basically put a modified agreement in place, and we know whatever, we're going to have to do some sort of a modified agreement going into next school year. We're fine. We're flexible with that. We understand we're in a pandemic. That shouldn't be as difficult as people think it will be. It's really all about the safety issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and because the challenge we face is fear and a virus, right? And they're tied together. They're absolutely tied together, fear and the virus. So what do you, the the only way to meet that challenge is to say, we're doing everything we can to stop the virus and also move children forward, which we know we have to get moving on. And at the same time, at the same time, we want you to know that this is happening. Right. Is there a trigger that you're looking to have in place for when a school closes down? Is there a certain... Um, you know, a threshold of some kind. That it you... really comes down to the contact tracing. That's why I'm uh-huh. like, that's a pivotal piece in this. Um, and do you have random? Do you have? A, do you ask for volunteers for random testing in a school? So this way, you could catch it. If there is a, a problem, you catch it early. I mean, we were very fortunate. We followed very strict guidelines in those rec centers that have been open since uh, we shut the school system out. We haven't had a single case there. Mm-hmm. Right. So everybody was wearing the proper PPE. All the other stuff was in, in place. And you know, I have to we ask know you real works. quick before we let you go, uh, Mr. Mulgrew, 
it relates to what you're just talking about, but it's a much uh, bigger issue for the city, which is what the mayor said about labor and um, the budget. And I just wanted to get you before we have to say goodbye in terms of where do you see the discussions going between the city's uh, municipal workforce and City Hall around finding those labor savings that the mayor uh, has talked about in crafting the new city budget? I think it there- was, those I, I think those were very premature uh, because if we don't get that federal Heroes Act, the federal stimulus package uh, done, then if you if you follow what happened at the state level, uh, the state passed in their budget that the governor has the authority uh, to do more cuts if state revenues do not come back in at a certain level, which they have not. So the federal package comes through, then the state gets revenue back in, and therefore they don't have to make cuts. If the federal package doesn't happen, the state has to make further cuts, and then we're in a debacle at that point. Then it's all about laying people off, forget about opening school, and then we're, the city and the state is just are just going to head into a deep, uh, uh, probably a depression at that point. So I just was like, if this is all about the federal package, so why was the mayor doing this at this point? I was just like, whatever. I'm, you know, we coordinated. It started here in New York City. Parents and teachers started the original petition to do a federal package for education, and then it grew into the Heroes Act. And we're now working with uh, parents and teachers in 20 different states, and we're targeting specific senators. Uh, that we know we're going to need in order to get that uh, that package through. But that really comes down to Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump. Let's just put it on the table. All right. All right. Well, uh, Michael Mulgrew is the president of the United Federation of Teachers. We appreciate your time uh, here on Max and Murphy. Thanks so much. All right, guys. You have a good evening and be safe. You too. Take care. Thank you. You too.